I was more concerned with what I thought people thought of me, my self-image, like what I'm portraying to other people than I did what I felt myself, what I actually wanted myself. Because what I wanted myself and what I felt myself was this is cool and I like her. And so why not? But I wasted it. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Shut Up, No One Cares, Get Back to Work podcast a daily bite-sized show covering the first principles of evergreen ideas that are not going to change. I'm your host, Colin Stuckert, the Wild CEO, founder of Wild Foods and the Ancestral Mind. I'm obsessed with being the best version I can because I believe life is short and we're here to get things done. And so I want to share that with you and help you do the same. We're going to hop right into it, the first piece of content to talk about, and then we're going to round it out with the daily five or maybe it's going to be the daily six. I keep wanting to add something to it each day, but I really like this format of having some short, actionable tips on various topics, whether that's health, whether that's cooking tips, book recommendations, quote for the day, et cetera. And that's the way it's going to be from here on out. So make sure you subscribe to get all the shows in the future. Self-image versus self. What are you focusing on? Are you building yourself or your self-image? The answer may surprise you. Let me read this quote for you. The impetus for this piece I wrote earlier today, and it's so important, so powerful, and it's from one of my childhood idols, Bruce Lee. He said, many people dedicate their lives to actualizing a concept of what they should be like rather than actualizing themselves. This difference between self-actualizing and self-image actualizing is very important. Most people live only for their image. Wow. Uh, He probably said that in like the 60s or 70s. Imagine how applicable it is today and how prevalent. So what I want you to do is I want you to really think about that. The things you're doing in your life, where you spend your time, what you do, how you spend your money, your friend group, your, how you socialize, how you put yourself on social media, your brand really. Like we all have our own little individual brand of what people think about us or whether people think we're reliable or whether we really are reliable or whether there's an illusion we are, whether we talk too much, whether we listen, whether we give good advice, whether we're assertive, whether we're a little bit rough around the edges. There's a time and place for this and we're all going to have this because we have to interact with other people. How much of your life is built on this idea of your self-image and how disconnected is that from your actual image and what you actually want out of life and what actually matters to you? And I write about this a lot because I'm always trying to encourage people to live for themselves, to make their own decisions. You know, like a lot of kids grow up with parents that want them to do a certain thing or pretty much have their lives set for them. And I think that's a disaster. I think that's a waste. And so I want to help more people rise above that and build a life for themselves. That's what I want to do. So what I want you to do with this quote is maybe rewind, re-listen to it, think about it. And I think you're going to have one of two reactions. The one reaction is going to be interesting. Let me think about that. Like you're open to it. You're receptive. And then your other reaction, maybe it's more of a gut reaction is probably, oh, I don't do that. And just basically move on to the next thing. And what I would say is if the latter response is your kind of default response, I would recommend that you take that as a sign that this is exactly what you need to work on. This is exactly what you need to think about. And you're probably investing a lot of time into your self-image. And maybe that comes at the expense of your actual inner image. These are big ideas. These are big concepts. They're not going to be like vetted out overnight. It's going to take years and years and years. It could be a lot of self-work that's needed. Maybe you have to look into your childhood and trauma you had. There's so many variables here. And so I'm not going to pretend that this is a simple subject or an easy, you know, read a quote and change your life type of thing. But If this does resonate with you in any way, and if you do think you could work on this, I highly recommend setting something, maybe time to think, time to journal, 
maybe even therapy, maybe talk to a close friend or family member or your partner and try to really dig out some of the lessons here that you could learn by going in inward and figuring out like, okay, what am I doing in my life? What are the decisions I'm making? Is it a school I'm going to? Is it something I don't really want to do? Is it this job that I don't really like, but I feel like I got to keep it so I can maintain the status quo for my parents or my neighbors? Every single thing in your life can be analyzed and you can find out if you really are doing things for a self-image perspective or if you're doing things for an internal image perspective. You want to get self-actualization for yourself. You want to become more of who you are and what you want to be and you don't want to do things for other people because like 99% of the time, doing these things for other people is always going to crash and burn. You're always going to fail with that. So making that a long-term strategy is how you end up 10, 20 years doing something with a life you don't really want and then you have a midlife crisis and you know, like you've probably seen the movies, those don't usually go over well. So it's going to require some self-awareness, it's going to require some digging. Uh, the digging will help bring you self-awareness. So these are all things that you should be doing if you want a good life at all. Like These are things that you absolutely must do. That is really the big idea. I talked about this a little bit. In fact, I'll give you an example that I wrote about in this article about how I did this myself in high school. And you know, obviously in high school, when you're younger, your self-image is pretty much the only thing that you care about, right? You can't even fathom the idea that like you think for yourself. It's about you thinking about how other people are going to respond or how they're going to be happy or unhappy or what your best friend's going to say or what's your peer group going to say, what your teammates going to say. There was this girl I was seeing when I was, I was a senior in high school and I don't like to talk about like dating stuff that often. I was single, sing, senior, not really having to do much because senior year, who does anything? And you have your friends, you have your, your group, whatever. I was pretty much friends with all the different groups and I like to think of myself as an open person, just accepting of anybody. But the core group of my friends, you know, mostly guys, of course, had this negative association with this girl that I started talking to. And I thought they would judge me. I thought that maybe she was a little too, <laughs> it's, it's not PC to say the word, but let me just say she was a little bit too friendly. And while I did enjoy her company and I was attracted to her and I thought she had a great personality and she smiled and laughed and she did all the things that I like. I hung out with her a few times and it, it went fine. Like it, it, in fact, it went, it went well, I'll put it that way, but I broke it off because I couldn't reconcile this idea in my head that I was going to be judged if my friends knew I was seeing her. And maybe this is resonating with you. Maybe somebody has done this to you and you've been on the receiving end where, you know, they try to keep it on the down low or whatever. And it is such a waste. It is such a waste. Like I, I wasted a good thing. At the very least, we could have been friends and talked more, whatever. And I wasted, I think, a good relationship that could have been because I was concerned about my self-image. I was more concerned with what I thought people thought of me, my self-image, like what I'm portraying to other people than I did what I felt myself, what I actually wanted myself. Because what I wanted myself and what I felt myself was this is cool and I like her. And so why not? But I wasted it. And obviously you're young, you're a teenager, it's really hard to think this way. But as an adult, I remember, oh, and this is where the story gets really good. You know, I, I, I get that life lesson that you could pretty much only write in a movie. But I was at the gym with some of these same group of friends a couple years after high school. We were working out a lot. We lived in the same, same city. So we all kind of got into fitness. And I remember that her, her name came up and I was like, yeah, man, we, we dated for a little bit. We were seeing each other. And they're like, oh, what? Really? No way. She's like, and then they were like, she's so hot. She was so cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know, kind of nodding my head. But at the same time, like realizing, wow, the thing you thought they were going to say is the opposite of what they're actually saying and thinking. <laughs> and so I just thought that was a very telling life lesson of irony 
and of this self-image versus image where I didn't listen to myself. I didn't listen to something I wanted and that I felt. Instead, I did things that I thought mattered to other people. And then, and the worst part is they weren't even thinking that. Like they were thinking the opposite. They were more thinking on my side, the way I was thinking, but I had these bad ideas about what they would have thought. And so I totally screwed it up, basically. (laughs) So that was definitely a very telling lesson. I wrote about that in this piece. And, you know, I think the call to action for something like this is obviously being aware of it, being cognizant, like asking yourself, okay, am I doing this thing? Am I posting this picture? Am I spending all this time on social media getting done up for 30 minutes so I can just take a selfie or whatever? Like, am I doing these things because they make me feel good or because I think they're going to make somebody else feel good about me? And then that hopefully is going to connect to me feeling good about myself. Am I seeking external validation or internal validation? And if you look at long-term life and the reality that most people don't really care about you or what you're doing, they more care about themselves. And even if you have likes or comments, it's very fleeting, it's formal, it's not very real. You'll find that if you live a life for external validation, you're going to be miserable. And I've seen it time and time again, you know, with social media on the rise and the psychological disorders and kids and you know, kids are committing suicide more than ever. You have more child shooters. Like there's a lot of really bad things that are the result of getting sucked too much into things like social media and external validation and not being able to recognize and, and have a conversation and dialogue with yourself and really say, what do you want? And what are you doing? And why are you doing this? These are the questions we need to ask ourselves all the time, every day, everything we do. We're waking up to go to a job we don't want. We're stuck in a relationship we don't appreciate or that's not good for us. And we tell ourselves all these fake stories about why that is. Call to action is whatever that happens to be for you. You know, make a list, schedule an appointment, set some time to journal, think, whatever, keep it top of mind, and find ways to live more for yourself and be less concerned with your self-image. I think this type of thing, if pursued for months on end, could change your life for the better. Really can. So now let's get to the daily five to end the show, and then I'm gonna let you go. So the daily quote is also from my boy, Bruce Lee. A self-willed man has no other aim than his own growth. I love this so much because, you know, especially in the topic of internal versus external validation, when you become truly connected to your self-actualization and what you want and being the best that you can be for yourself rather than because you want fame or money or other people to tell you, oh, that's great, you're awesome. It's a completely different paradigm for living life. When you have the own motivation and internal will for your own life, you have confidence. You know what you're doing. You know why you're doing it. Nobody can shake you and nobody's going to get in your way. And even if they try to get on your way, you're going to swerve. You're going to go up, go down, left, right. You're going to go through whatever has to happen so that you can live the life that you know you're supposed to live. And it is one of these things that when you achieve it, it's really, really, really hard to empathize with people that haven't achieved it. I do spend a lot of time trying to convince people to achieve it, but I still don't really understand how much pain and suffering that people have from these type of things, like where you're trying to please other people or you don't really know who you are. You don't spend time being self-aware. I try to empathize. Like I try to, like I know how bad I've felt at times in my life where I've done that, even though they haven't been as many as I know some people deal with. And I'm so far removed from it where like nobody sets expectations for me. Like I have expectations for my life and I'm self-willed and that goes beyond anything in my life or around me could ever have. And so most of the time, it doesn't really matter. Nobody's setting expectations for me. I'm not necessarily saying that's good or bad. Like it's good to have people around you that need things of you, but nobody directs what I do or my life above what I want to do, if that makes sense. So I just really, this is one of those things. I just really want everyone to do this. I just think the world's a better place if we can all have some passions and interests and do things we want to do. 
And that's why I'm doing this daily podcast, even though a daily podcast is pretty much insane. If, and I'm also doing video. So I have to edit this and that. Like, it's crazy. All right. So daily tip or recommendation, have a morning routine, but like actually stick to it. My writing routine, my coffee, my leaving the house, my goal setting. I have a whole checklist of everything I do and I do it every single morning. I free write, I rewrite authors I admire, outline a piece of content, and then I edit a piece of content that I wrote before. Then I get into my email, uh, sound on my inboxes, and then I usually come home. I do my first recording session, which is what I'm doing right now. And then I'm now focusing on trying to get that editing done right then and there. Then I'm free to break my fast, spend time with the family, whatever, get some exercise in. And then I have my second work session later in the day. And everything I'm doing right now is trying to hone in on that habit, that routine, that schedule, and keeping it as solid as possible because that's how I get more done and I have way more time. So a morning routine is like the foundation for all this. The more often you can commit to a morning routine and keep it pretty much the same or as close as possible, the more likely you're able to stick to like a work routine or the things you have to do routine or whatever that is for you. And so routines are just paramount. I mean, if you want to accomplish anything in life, it's all about consistency, right? Well, the only way to be consistent as a human is to have a routine. <laughs> Daily book recommendation, Elon Musk by Ashley Vance. Excellent book. That's all I'm saying. I listened to it on Audible. Great book. Daily health tip. Use a quality sea salt. Ditch that iodized crap like Morton's refined process, acid bash, bath washed, chlorine washed, usually salt junk. Get a quality hand mined, handmade sea salt and a hand mined rock salt. The two I use are wild pink salt from wildfoods.co. Use code wildceo for 12% of your entire order. And then wild kosher flake salt, which is what I do for most of my steak seasonings and as a finishing salt. You can get both those at wildfoods.co and it's also how you can support the show. Using that and then using it liberally and not being afraid of salt intake because if you're using real salt and you're cooking your own food, you pretty much never have to watch your salt intake. A lot of the research around salt connected to hypertension has been pretty much debunked at this point. And there's way more research coming out about actually the necessity of eating enough salt. So just don't eat processed food and then you can pretty much eat, use as much salt as you want. Okay, within reason. Like don't go eat bucket loads of salt, please. You'll dehydrate yourself and kill yourself. Daily cooking tip, preheat your pan. This is a huge one. You see people put a pan on the stove, it's cold, and then they throw ingredients in there and that's not how you do it. What that does is that sweats ingredients. It pulls the moisture out and then you never get that really good sear because that moisture comes out into the pan and you can't sear when there's water, right? Searing can only be done on a dry surface. So when you're trying to sear something or get the color, which is flavor, and whether it's vegetables, a piece of meat, whatever, you want to preheat your pan for literally a few minutes. I mean, I preheat my cast iron pan for about three to four minutes until it's basically smoking. And then I add some avocado oil and I sear my steak every single time without fail. The simple way to upgrade your cooking when you're using a pan or a skillet is to preheat your pan. You preheat an oven, right? Same thing, preheat your pan. Daily thoughts about money. Here's a new one. So we're gonna call it the daily six or maybe I'm gonna have to eventually make it like the daily 10 because I wanna keep adding more of these. But the daily thoughts about money. This is one that has been a P for me since I've been paying attention to the stock market so much because of the crazy stuff that's going on right now and the stock market being down like 30, 40% from where it was literally two months ago. Well, the idea of owning stocks is owning a company. And that's what a stock is. It's a shares in a company that you own. People confuse this for the open market where you can buy and sell stocks. They don't think about owning parts of a company. They think about owning stocks as if stocks are this individual thing that are going to do something for you. But when I buy 100 shares of Apple, for example, I own a piece of Apple 
the company. And if I hold those 100 shares for years on end, as that company grows and makes profits and does dividends and does all these things, I'm going to benefit as well in proportion to the amount of stocks I own for that company. The really big, stupid thing I see all the time, and the reason this is such a P for me is because people talk about shares as losing or gaining money when the market price moves, but that is nonsense. Every day you wake up, you're not saying, I lost money because the house I live in is worth less because the current real estate market, people aren't buying. You wouldn't even think that way. You're not waking up every day depressed. I lost $50,000 because I spent $200,000 in this house, yet it's only worth $150,000 now because the market's depressed and, and there's too much inventory and nobody's buying. Like that's just, it, it doesn't make any sense. The only time you lose or gain money, right? Same thing. If the market's up and your house is worth $300,000, you bought it too. Well, you haven't gained $100,000. You haven't, no matter what anybody tries to tell you. But if there is a transaction, if you take out a home equity loan or you refinance, or in the case of stocks, if you sell your stocks, you are going to gain or lose money depending on whether you have profit or loss. Let me say that again. When you own shares in a company, you don't gain or lose money. You, you, didn't, you didn't make 20,000 or lose 20,000 or 10% or whatever. But if you sell and it's above what you bought, you would have profit. And if it's below, you would have a loss. So what you see is people will actually lose money in the market because they get afraid and then they sell at the worst possible time. They sell when they shouldn't sell. The only thing I've done in the last two months with this crisis is bought more stocks. My portfolio value has gone down, yes, but that doesn't really mean much because that's just what the market says they're willing to pay for something. If I'm not willing to sell my Apple shares at X dollars because the market is only paying that much right now, well, then guess what? It's the same thing with my house. If I buy my house and the market's low and I have no problem holding on to it for five or 10 years, which is what you do when you buy properties, right? Then it doesn't matter what the market price says. I'm not losing money and I don't care if the, the value, the value, which is like just some number somebody else says is down. It means nothing. It's meaningless. It's the same thing with stocks and owning a company. So don't be confused by a lot of the rhetoric and nonsense and, and the fear. And, you know, a lot of people should not be active investors. A lot of people should not manage their own portfolio unless all they do is buy and hold. <laughs> so that's going to be it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, like, subscribe, do all those things wherever you're finding this. The goal is a daily show. I might skip a day here and there, but that's going to be it for today. And I'm going to see you in the next one. Hey, hey, Colin here. Thanks for watching that video. I got a free PDF for you, The Seven Principles of Living Wild, Short and sweet, not long, not going to be a novel you have to read or anything, just a simple reference of the things that make you a healthy human. So click on the button below, get that right now, and I look forward to seeing you in the next video.